1986, Top Gun was the highest grossing film, and that's what Friends Are For was the top song on the charts. The Chicago Bears were the Super Bowl champs. The New York Mets won the World Series. A brand new Ford Mustang only cost $8,479, and Mike Tyson won his first world boxing title. But also in 1986, the worst nuclear disaster the world has ever seen occurred at the Chernobyl nuclear power plant. At 1.24 in the morning, an engineer recorded in his diary that the protective system wasn't working. At the same moment, a huge... For the first time ever, the Soviet Union admits it has had a nuclear accident. And it's clearly a major a one. nuclear accident in the Soviet Union, and the Soviets have admitted that it happened. The Soviet version is this. One of the atomic reactors at the Chernobyl atomic power plant near the city of Kiev was damaged, and there is speculation in Moscow that people were injured and may have died. It's almost certainly the uh, most severe accident that has ever taken place in uh, the short history of civilian nuclear power. As fires raged, the core of reactor number four was destroyed. A huge cloud rose into the sky, spreading large amounts of radioactive fuel and materials into the atmosphere. In the beginning of April 1986, the people living and working at the Chernobyl nuclear power plant, located near Pripyat, Ukraine, in the former Soviet Union, began to experience a series of strange events. Sightings of a creature. Described as a large, black, bird-like creature. Or a headless man with a 20-foot wingspan and red eyes began to be reported by workers of the power plant. The creature would later become known as the Blackbird of Chernobyl. People who witnessed this creature began to experience intense headaches, horrific nightmares, threatening phone calls, and some had first-hand encounters with the winged beast. Reports of these strange happenings continued to increase until the morning of April 26, 1986. That morning, at 1.23 a.m., reactor number four at the Chernobyl nuclear power plant exploded. The power plant spewed a plume of radioactive fallout which drifted over parts of the Western Soviet Union, Eastern and Western Europe, Scandinavia, the UK, Ireland, and Eastern North America within 48 hours. The radioactive fallout was 400 times greater than that of the Hiroshima bomb. The Chernobyl disaster, as the incident was dubbed, is considered the worst accident ever in the history of nuclear power. Although most of the fire was put out by 5 a.m. that morning, the fire burning in Reactor 4 continued to blaze for several hours afterward. Unaware of the true nature of the fire, and assuming that it was simply an electrical fire, the firefighters who responded subsequently received mass amounts of radiation, leading to most of their deaths. Many of the workers who survived the initial blast and fire claimed to have witnessed a large, black, bird-like creature 
gliding through the swirling plumes of irradiated smoke pouring from the reactor. The catastrophe left the nearby Soviet city of Pripyat a radioactive ghost town. The entire population was evacuated, never to return. After this disaster, there were no further sightings of the Blackbird of Chernobyl. No one ever witnessed it ever again. Many of those who had were now dead. Leaving researchers and those who were interested to speculate just what exactly haunted the workers of the plant during the days leading up to this disaster. From 1854 to 1856, during the Crimean War, fought in what is the present-day Ukraine, soldiers reported seeing a strange creature in the sky. A gigantic, headless, crow-like animal soaring in tight circles above them before they were to go into battle. The soldiers were so shocked and afraid that they lost their bearings and ran toward their own army, who mistook them for enemy soldiers and began to fire at them. Another winged monster appeared in China in 1926. People reported seeing a man-dragon, a huge black creature flying over the Zante Dam in southeastern China. Days later, the dam collapsed, creating a huge disaster. The Freiburg Shrieker is another strange case of a winged creature appearing just before a disaster. In 1978, workers at a coal mine in Freiburg, Germany, found the entrance to the mine shaft blocked by a mysterious and terrifying black figure with outstretched wings. Several men tried to approach it, but they ran away when the monster let out a series of loud screams. An hour later, there was a huge explosion underground, and the mine collapsed. When the men returned to the mine shaft, the Shrieker had disappeared. What was this dark, headless creature with gigantic wings and fire-red eyes? Was this simply a messenger with a warning? Or perhaps a harbinger of certain death to come? Attempts were made to cool the reactor by dropping 4,000 tons of lead and sandbags onto the site. 48,000 people living in Pripyat were also victims of the ineptitude and secrecy of the authorities. The town was only three kilometers away from Chernobyl. Welcome back, folks, to your favorite podcast, That Would Be Rad, the podcast that majors in 80s and 90s nostalgia, comic culture, all things paranormal, and minors in retro video games, tabletop RPGs, pre-internet mysteries, and raising our kids to be half as cool as we were back in the 80s. I'm your host, Tyler Bentz, and this is your other host, Woody Brown. Man, I almost said counselors, but... I know, man. It's kind of weird. It's, you know, 
to get out of the swing of things. I mean, I camp, camp's over. All the campers have moved out, man. No, they've, they've headed back home. We've, we've spent so much time just cleaning up those bunks. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of styrofoam cups laying all over the place. Mm-hmm. Beer cans. Socks mm-hmm. that are just like, like you could break them in half. Take it easy. <laughs> oh, my goodness, dude. I mean, uh, we, we can't come out of that kind of spooky, mm-hmm. kind of cool story mm-hmm. and just be super silly. We got to dive right in, man. Well, let me put out a little bit of a disclaimer. We are going to reference the beloved, probably top number one in my book and Woody's book of all cryptids, and that is... The Mothman. I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> and I'm going to say it's they, because I can't let you put out faucets. It's not my number one. What is your number one? In case there's ever a trivia game and someone asks, what is Woody's favorite sort of cryptid creature? It's the Flatwoods monster, dude. Oh, well, I mean, those, but those are still they like. They are kind of similar and they happen in the same state, but. I mean, if right. I'm being honest, my favorite, just because of the pure weirdness, is. Sam the Sandown Clown, but... Yeah, okay, uh, sure. To hear Woody and Tyler talk about Sam the Sandown Clown, listen to Season 1, Episode 7 of That Would Be Rad. But my, Anyway, sorry to interrupt. So, no, 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 you're, it's fine. You're, it's fine. I just feel like Mothman is like... It's got to be the, like the most famous. He's like the A-list celeb of... Well, I mean, no, Bigfoot's not. probably the A-list. And, and the Loch Ness Monster. I think it's, it's Bigfoot... Like this monster, and then, and then maybe yeah, maybe Mothman. That's that's who that's their crew, man. Mm-hmm. That's their entourage. Entourage. Mm-hmm. But anyway, th- we're gonna reference this character probably so many times, and me with my sort of mutant ability of rambling, you'll probably hear this ten more times throughout the episode. This is not a Mothman episode, so just keep that in mind. But we will and are doing a at least one, two, three epi- three parter episode on the Mothman somewhere down Probably. the line. Yeah. Uh, and so when we reference Mothman, mm-hmm. and what Tyler's talking about is we're going to dive deeper into the you know the Mothman that the classic kind of yeah the classic one that happened in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, mm-hmm. in like the nineteen sixty eight in the late sixties. Yeah, nineteen sixty six through sixty seven. I think. Oh, you got me on that one. Well, I'm now gonna have to look that. I don't. <laughs> I don't, don't want to do a real time <laughs> fact check, but I'm pretty sure that's when it was. Uh, and, and so we're not gonna dive into that. You know, the the things that we talked about at, at the top that you just heard. Sixty seven like was it? Well, the well, I take it back. The flap was from sixty six to sixty seven. You got me. I did. Mm. Boom. Didn't happen often. It happened today. It did. Mark that down. Dun, 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 dun. I know a, a, a little bit, I'll say, scratched the surface on Mothman mm-hmm. in general. But whenever I think of Mothman, I think of Point Pleasant. I don't think of like, oh my gosh, it's until we started doing the research for this episode. Mm-hmm. Oh man, people around the world have seen this thing? Yeah. Well, and so, well... Go ahead, sorry. Well, no, no, no. I, I interrupted you, so I'm sorry, pal. Um, no, I think for our, like, totally new listeners, what we're talking about is, like what he was saying, from Point Pleasant, West Virginia, uh, people would see, uh, they started seeing this this creature. It was sort of kind of headless, 
it's sort of its head was sort of built into its torso where you would see eyes it had big sort of bat wings they ended up calling it mothman i guess because they they wanted to go along with like the trend of uh which now makes sense being in 66 because that's when uh the adam west batman came out so they're probably like playing on that same kind of like superhero mothman thing but anyway that people started seeing this thing and then uh shortly after the silver bridge there was like a big collapse right around christmas really tragic thing this bridge completely collapsed and there were all these present boxes floating in the water below. It was a really sad, tragic event. So what we're kind of going into today and what we're sort of why we're sort of referencing this is a lot of people now believe that he was almost acting as or it was acting as like some sort of harbinger of of doom, if you will. Mm-hmm. Like was he yeah. was he warning people that this this uh, tragic bridge collapse was going to happen, or did he cause it? And there's a lot of theories, but basically, short story, that's that's what we're talking about today. You may or may not have watched, and I don't know if you have, Tyler. I, I We started it, but just never finished it. But, you know, there was like an HBO show, a miniseries or something. I think it was HBO. It could have been Apple TV or something, but about Chernobyl. Too heavy, man. Man, real heavy, dude. I, I didn't it, you know. It. If you don't know much about the disaster, mm-hmm. it's pretty awful. It goes really into, well, I mean, you know, the, the Russian government sort of cover-ups and the lengths at which, like, people went to to kind of place blame on other people. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just the, the tragedy, kind of like you heard in the story where, like, you know, people had no idea, including the firefighters that were called there to sort of, put out these flames, what they were up against. They didn't know it was, you know, radiation. They just thought it was like an electrical fire. Well, I mean, so many of those people died of radiation poisoning. I mean, they ended up evacuating the entire place. Uh, You know, I think, what was it, like 50,000 people and to this day is still uninhabited, Yeah, you know? Mm -hmm. And I mean, on its own, it's already kind of just like a freaky, weird sort of place that people kind of go and visit you know, safely. Uh, yeah, you can you can wear like your like a radiation like your, suit, yeah, or something. radiation suit, and then you have like your little sensor. I remember Josh Gates. It's not Expedition Unknown, but like whatever his the one before it was, and I I never can remember the title, but it's such a funny show uh, and such a good cryptid show. I remember they went to like sort of you know ghost hunt or whatever, and you know they captured a bunch of weird stuff. But like same thing, they were there for, I guess an hour or so and then their little their little radiation sensors you know started beeping so they had to get out of there yeah and in all of these versions of people seeing this thing there's something that i find really really interesting first off as you dive deeper into the mothman sightings in in point pleasant west virginia mm-hmm. initially actually Everybody called it the Birdman, mm. you know, because it was just this giant wingspan. And the first thing that comes to mind, just being a normal person that has never heard or seen anything like this is, oh my gosh, it's a giant bird. Right. Well, in Chernobyl, there wasn't much difference there. Same kind of thing. People thought, well, maybe it's just this giant black bird that's flying around. And that ended up kind of being one of the theories 
about what this thing is in Chernobyl was that it was, you know, a black stork. Right. Which is this, you know, endangered species that populated the, the southern Eurasia area. And it's like three feet tall and has like a wingspan of nearly like six feet and everything. Mm-hmm. And for misidentification, that being an answer, it's plausible. Mm-hmm. What's kind of crazy to me though, man, is these reports of people who were getting phone calls a few days before this tragedy. Mm. People that were like experiencing these weird like nightmares and headaches and all this kind of stuff. And see, that is... That ain't a bird. Well, it's not a bird, but it's also very, very similar. And again, this is not a Mothman episode. (laughs) Um, But that's another thing that, you know, John Keel, who wrote the Mothman prophecies, that was one of the things. He would get these weird calls and it would be this like, like sort of robotic sounding, you know, voice. And again, this was in the 60s. So, you know, we, we weren't really operating like, like we were now where you can kind of do anything with an app. Uh, but he would get these weird calls. And, and something similar too is like you were talking about the bird. Mm-hmm. Originally with the Mothman sightings, same kind of thing. They, they thought it was like some sort of crane. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, then, and then I think the, another sort of camp of people thought that it was some sort of owl because of yeah. you know, the, the sort of headless sort of shoulders kind of going straight into wings kind of thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Pretty scientific explanation. There, very, very. <laughs> yeah, the one that they kind of thought that it was this stork in West Virginia, and it is actually kind of cool. The actual stork itself does have some sort of like red coloring, mm-hmm. pretty close to the eyes and stuff. I mean, glowing The thing about though? that though is, dude, they don't glow at night. Yeah, right. Okay. And again, that's not to say that some people, you know, once there's like a hysteria about it, then you can kind of see like, oh man, oh my gosh, I saw it too. You know, right. but in this specifically to Chernobyl, like it's not like this was like a big news headline that people were seeing this thing just literally days before this nuclear meltdown. Mm-hmm. Here's another crazy fact. So this happened in 86, right? Well, in not again, not to get back into the Point Pleasant thing, but it is very interesting and it's connected here. This that- is not a Mothman episode. In the 80s and 90s, there were a lot less sightings in West Virginia of Mothman. Hmm. And here we are in 1986, across the pond and over some land, so to speak, and they're seeing Mothman. So you're saying, your theory is that he's he's one being, and when he's not here, he's there. Mm, I don't know. I, I haven't like done a detailed sort of timeline mapping and i'm sure there is someone out there that has Mm -hmm. i don't know i don't know that that would be the theory but it is a possibility i mean you like those people that believe that like bigfoot is like a single bigfoot no (laughs) not necessarily no no no, not necessarily god i love that um when people are like wait a minute man there's more hey man i saw harry and (laughs) there's more than one yeah i love it so again the one that happened in germany in uh freiburg Mm -hmm. a city kind of on the western edge of the southern black forest. Mm-hmm. And I think right now has a population of around 214,000. Again, like almost, it's something that I noticed when I was thinking about like West Virginia and that area, you know, Appalachian Mountains and sort of just, now I'm not saying Chernobyl had mountains like that necessarily, but 
it is curious to me that a lot of these things tend to happen when there is sort of like lower populated areas, Mm. you know? And I think a lot of times people kind of uh, use that as a means to sort of discredit or debunk it even. And, you know, like, well, how come only these people are the ones that see it? And to me, it kind of does the opposite. To me, it kind of like, and I'll kind of get into some of my theories about this based on unrelated things that I've been reading. But to me, it kind of almost supports the idea that these kind of things happen in areas that are less populated for a reason. Mm. Even though, like, again, this area of Germany kind of has a bigger population. This also happened a few years, almost 10 years before the Chernobyl disaster. And I didn't really go into a ton of detail on the uh, actual story. So do you want me to kind of go into more here? Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, this one was also interesting, but it starts a little differently. So early September 10th, 1978, the workers of a mine in Freiburg, Germany, approached its entrance to begin their day of work. And as they got closer, they noticed a man appeared to be wrapped in a dark trench coat standing in front of the entrance. They reported that they were unsure as to why the man was standing there. And a few of the workers kind of approached to to investigate, like, hey, man, what's going on? But when they got a few feet away from the man, what they thought was a trench coat flung open and formed this huge pair of outstretched wings that were actually attached to this dark figure. I mean, that sounds like straight up comic book. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, dude. I mean, obviously these people were like in shock. I mean, I try to put myself sometimes in these situations, Mm -hmm. you know, like what would I do? I I don't know, man. I mean, I don't think I would go closer, but that's, that's what these might, of course, I also wouldn't go 10, 15, 100, 300, 1,000 feet in the ground either. Right. You know, so these guys are, it's like a, it's a different level. Well, and also like, I mean, I'm sure these miners were just like tough as nails kind of. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, they're used to spending most of their days in the mines. In the dark. Yeah, so. Just barely can breathe. Hey, man, you got that canary? Something's wrong with this one. Okay. So they kind of like started walking closer to this freaking figure with wings. Mm -hmm. And after a brief moment, the dark figure let out this series of piercing shrieks that later would be described by the witnesses as sounding like 50 men screaming and the sound of a train's emergency brakes. Now, this was about all they could take. The miners just basically did a 180 and ran the other direction. And from a safe distance they observed what they would what would later be dubbed the Freiburg Shrieker as it folded its wings back around its body and stood motionless in front of the mine. Hmm. You know what's weird about this? Hmm. Oh, we may need to create a new bumper about this, but uh, th- this is a lot like the Van Meter Visitor as well, another cryptid. Hmm. Now, remind me a little bit about the Van Meter Visitor... Um, in terms of looks, is it similar or no? Yeah, I mean, kind of. You know, it happened It happened back in 1903. It was the small town Van Meter in Iowa. Uh, apparently, like, the town was kind of, like, terrorized by 
by it. And they would say that it sort of emerged from this like um, abandoned mind. And, and it was spotted like flying, like jumping and sort of leaping, flying across like building tops or whatever. Mm. But it was, it was kind of like, it had this like glowing like symbol on its chest. Here, I'm going to send this to you. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I see it, dude. Weird. That does sound like Isn't that, that weird? Yeah. Is this the one you're looking at? Oh. Uh-huh. I just sent to you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Dude, that's wild. Isn't man. that weird? All right. Let me keep on going with this. And he was and standing then... in front of a mine. A mine. Yeah. So no. was was this character the same as the, uh, same as the Shrieker? Was he kind of like hanging out to prevent people from going into the mine? Well... Check this out. So the miners reportedly began to kind of just like busy themselves with cleaning up the outside of the mine, hoping that this thing or this person or whatever the heck it was would just go away. Mm-hmm. Not real sure on that, you know, sort of mentality. I'd have been like, guys, I'm clocking out. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> we'll just wait. Who wants to have shots away. at my house? Yeah. Bring your canaries. So after waiting for what they reported to be about an hour at approximately 8 a.m., the miners were startled by this like massive explosion that happened underground and it rocked the mine shook the ground it's super hard they rushed to the mine's entrance bad decision yeah why would you do that nope. to discover that the shrieker was gone and a huge plume of smoke and flame bellowed from the entrance of the mine listen to this dude when the flame and the smoke died down and officials were able to examine the mine it was then determined that all 36 miners who, if they would have been there, would have died. There it is. There it is. I mean, that's it. Harbinger of doom. Exactly. And and so, obviously, there's this connection between the Blackbird of Chernobyl and the Mothman and the Freiburg Shrieker. And now, the same thing, my question is on the, um, what's it called? Uh, the Van Meter Visitor, which we'll, again, we'll do another episode. We'll do a, yeah. a full one. Was it like... Did people, like, almost die and then didn't, or what? You know, I'm not sure. I want to say... This is not a Mothman episode or a Van Meter Visitor episode either. Doesn't matter. We we, we don't... I I did zero research on this, so I'm just... I'm I'm like... Yeah. But I don't think so. I want to say maybe they... That they actually, like, bombed the entrance to collapse the mine. Mm. So, you know, it's like we'll never really know... Yeah. Um, well, it's funny that you say that. We'll never really know thing. Now, b- both of these cases that we talked about just now remain unsolved, just like the Mothman in, in Point Pleasant. Mm-hmm. Because, well, in Chernobyl specifically, that's large in part because most of the people that witnessed it died of radiation poisoning. Yeah, that's and so oof. can't help there. The miners themselves, you know, in Freiburg. Six months after the incident with the Freiburg Shrieker, less than one-third of the workers present that day remained employed by the mine. Many of those who no longer worked at the mine remained unemployed and several apparently suffering from serious mental disorders. Mm. Two of them dedicated their lives to revealing the truth behind what happened that day and sharing their findings, but they died unusually young and extremely impoverished a fate which is reported to have also befallen more than one on more than one Mothman Highway. Mm. Wow. What did, like, the head look like of the, like, for the Shrieker? Well, and, and the, the Chernobyl Blackbird. Was it more of, like, just like a, like a bird, actually? Or 
I mean, I know it was sort of humanoid, but... Yeah, large, dark, some reported kind of looking like a mutated man with gigantic wings and piercing red eyes. Some reported that, yeah, it was, uh, that there was no head. Yep. I mean, that that's straight Mothman. Yeah. And it, like, you know, different things that you find will say kind of different sort of details here and there about the story. Some say that, like, the days leading up to the Chernobyl disaster, it was several of the workers in the control room of the nuclear power plant saw the blackbird. Mm. So there's this archaeologist, almost like a Robin Day, Robin Day, modern day Indiana Jones, who's from Sydney. I mean, come on, Australia. Like, everybody, like. We can't escape it. I mean, they're just, Australians are just some of the coolest people on the planet. You gotta get over there. This guy named Robert Maxwell, he's from Sydney, he's an archaeologist, and he actually has worked in Chernobyl. Um, in 2010 and 2012, he did two field excursions. He's super passionate, passionate about it. And he kind of heard about some of these legends and asked people about them and try to track down some of the witnesses and that kind of thing. But like one of the things he, he, he's quoted to say is like, you know, if you're trying to look for proof, it might not be available because the workers are, you know, dead or, uh, a lot of the sightings were never officially recorded. Again, folks, like we're talking about a time when, there's so much sort of cover up to yeah. keep this disaster at bay. And I mean, even to the point where like the amount and danger of the radiation, according to what was reported to the world by Russia and stuff mm-hmm. was like, you know, no, 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 it's not that bad. Meanwhile, it's just like spewing radiation into the sky, into the atmosphere. Yeah. You know, Which, um, I mean, all the way to the States, dude. I mean, I mean and, and no offense to our Russian listeners, but like, you know, the the track record for being transparent with, I mean, with 99% of information is... Uh, hey, let's make, it a, let's make it a generalized <laughs> statement so we don't get attacked by the KGB. <laughs> yeah, well, that's... Government, global governments, mm-hmm. historically, mm-hmm. regardless of where it is, when it is... Mm-hmm are notorious for covering things up. That's it. I think you meant notorious for being very transparent and honest. Yeah, right. (laughs) I mean, the truth is like some more than others, some far less than others. Mm -hmm. We don't really need to go into which ones those are because, hey. Well, and and one thing you were kind of, you know, on this line is that I, I think, I, I think with, with this in particular, it's, it's kind of easy for your, debunkers to say oh well there's like there's no information so it's you know it's got to be fake or like oh how how convenient they all died yeah i mean i get it i trust me i i could see where you could kind of latch onto that and run with it but at the same time like i think it's just as it's just as convincing the other way as well you know Mm -hmm. what i mean Mm -hmm. i mean think about it this way too the accident is reported to us to have occurred during a, quote, safety test that was meant to measure the ability of the steam turbine to power the emergency feed water pumps. Now, which is where the song Safety Dance came from. You're you're making it up. Yes, I am. Okay. (laughs) I'm like, oh, God, pretend to know what he's talking about. Okay. Just to kind of give you some facts, for those of you that are interested in in the, the, the scale of this meltdown, I mean, I think to date it is still the worst nuclear meltdown in human history. The health effects that it had on the, just the general population 
I mean, I think we're still getting the data on that because it's, you know, so many people were affected by that. So the ionizing radiation levels in the worst hit areas of the reactor building have been estimated to be 5.6 rontgens per second, which is, which is equivalent to more than 20,000 rontgens per hour. Just to give you a little context, because nobody in the studio here is super familiar with the levels and measurement of X-ray, gamma rays, and radiation and all that, a lethal dose is around 500 rontgens mm. over five hours. So oh 20,000 per hour, you can just kind of imagine how intense that is in terms of how much radiation was just pouring out of that thing. Yeah. You know, a lot of people have spoken about like, it's kind of a natural progression to go into the, you know, especially if you're X-Men fans of like, mm. oh, like, you know, these... Why should I evacuate? I'm going to have superpowers. Well, yeah, and it's like these, these like mutated like animals and stuff. And I have mm. seen photos of like, you know, since since the big disaster, you know, years later, obviously when like these animals would would have babies and they would have babies and like you you know you see some like pretty pretty horrible kind of mutations but like what do you do you have anything on like those kind of theories of like yeah only yeah yeah i mean only that just like in point pleasant um because of like the tnt yeah the tnt area Mm -hmm. people kind of mention that especially with in chernobyl the radiation the amount of radiation but again that's after the fact right right? and so like Maybe uh, one theory that I kind of saw was like, okay, well, maybe if because of the delay in the facts coming out about Chernobyl, mm-hmm. maybe there was smaller radiation leaks at some point. Yeah, maybe that's what was, I've heard too. You know, done unclean and and just improper and and that kind of thing, trying to rush the uh, the completion of the project and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Safety not being a concern and all that. That's one kind of theory. And that you know, here's the thing: there have been a lot of there's a lot of mutations just in the animal world. Don't know of any that cause like glowing red eyes. Yeah. Now on the red eyes aspect, and, and let's kind of talk about, I think it's it's a cool time to sort of. After these messages, we'll be right back. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. 
That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, this is Woody. And this is Tyler. And you're listening to That Would Be Rad. And now, back to our show. I do think it's a cool time to kind of start sprinkling in some of the prevailing theories about what it is, and then kind of start to get into, like, what we think. Because, well, before we do that, though, dude, before we go into, like, all the theories and all that, Mm -hmm. there is something that I found that is just fascinating because... Again, man, it stayed off of my radar this entire time. And I mean, maybe some of you listeners have heard of it. Tyler, I think you, you might have. We briefly talked about it this morning. But it's just it's just so fascinating to me, mm-hmm. man. And I think there's some crazy connections here. So in March of 2011, you may or may not remember that, you know, tragedy really hit Japan pretty hard. It started with a massive magnitude 9 earthquake. that kind of tore through the region and generated a devastating tsunami that battered the coastal Tohoku region of the country's eastern coast. And, I mean, dude, if that isn't bad enough, also, the Fukushima Daiichi nuclear power plant was so badly damaged that it went into a nuclear meltdown that, I mean, truly was relatively comparable to the one in Chernobyl. Not as bad, but pretty dang close. Mm. Poisoned animals, people, the environment. I mean, just, again, long-lasting ripples that, you know, I'm sure are still devastating the area even to this day. Mm -hmm. You look at pictures of of kind of what happened, man, and it's just what used to be like this nice little Japanese town. Either buildings were completely just thrown about by the power of these, like, waves trees just like stuck into buildings and all this oh, yeah. or almost like I mean truly it looks like a war zone right like a bomb just went off which basically it kind of did yeah really but what's curious man is there were reports that perhaps there had been something that foretold this would happen mm. so in the days leading up to this just terrible tragedy this deadly Japanese earthquake and massive tsunami a witness named Marcus Pules claims to have made it up, dude, not Japanese. <laughs> I mean, like, come on. Claims to have made a sighting what he describes <laughs> of what he describes as the Mothman in the area. He said that he'd been in Japan on business in February of 2011 and had decided to stay with a friend who had, long, who had lived in Japan for like a long time teaching English in Okuma, which again is in the Fukushima region. One of these days, these two guys went out and were just kind of walking around town. And in the evening, they went to kind of like the the seaside and walked along this nice trail. They kind of twisted and turned and kind of got a little close to the Daiichi Fukushima nuclear power plant. And at this point, 
it was still in normal working condition. As they walked along, he claims that he heard this, a sudden, like, whoosh. Which he at first took to be the sounds of the nearby ocean waves crashing against rocks. But his mind was quickly changed when the sound repeated and then was followed by, wait for it, an ear-piercing shriek that he reports to be the likes of which he had never heard before. Mm. His friend heard it too, so we now know he's not just going crazy. He didn't have a mental breakdown. And a couple who had been on the same path out for a romantic evening stroll also heard it. Now, I don't, you know, I, I feel like I should know this, but I don't know. And again, this is not a Mothman episode. Um, I don't know if, if there's sort of a record of Mothman, like there being like a, a sort of an audible, like a shriek or a growl or anything. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's, in, I, I think this kind of stands on its own for that. Yeah, kind of I mean, one thing that I kind of learned about the Point Pleasant Mothman, the OG, mm-hmm. I mean, although, can we call it that if, uh, yeah, this, you know, technically this would have been before. in 1854 during the Crimean War, people also saw a giant headless crow-like animal. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Or 1903 with the Van Meter Visitor. Yeah. Although Mothman didn't Or in China it. in 1929, also outside yeah. of a freaking mine. Yeah. No, sorry. It was a dam collapse. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we've got a bridge collapse in Point Pleasant, mm-hmm. West Virginia. We've got mines in Germany and... Uh, Iowa. Iowa. I mean, if we're counting the Van Meter. Yeah, potentially. Visitor. And now we've got this like natural disaster, but also tied to a nuclear disaster. Okay, now listen to this. Okay, this guy, Pules, made it up. Oh, that's what I was going to say, dude. I also heard some of the witnesses for Point Pleasant's Mothman did make reference to not a shrieking sound, but like the whooshing and like yeah. the walking around on their roof and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, right. But the huge flapping of wings, mm-hmm. I know that was a, a kind of thing. Although the, there's also some accounts that, that, and again, this is not a Mothman episode, but there is sort of some accounts of this. And I, I'm the reason I'm saying this cause, is because I'm curious if you heard anything with these other ones of the the Mothman, like, you know, obviously having these big wings, but the wings not actually sort of flapping it just sort of flying, but also, you know, almost like they're just there for looks. Weird. Yeah. Yeah, so listen to the rest of this one. So the guy says, we heard it again, the whooshing noise, followed by this ear-piercing screech that really shook me down to the bone and made the hairs on the back of my neck stand straight on end. We looked around to try to find the source of this noise when we heard the sound again, but the best way I can describe it is a city's bus brakes when they are in need of service. Mm, mm-hmm. Loud and ear-splitting. Ear-splitting. <laughs> we both continued to look around when my friend's attention was drawn toward this, the nuclear plant and another nearby couple. They were a younger couple out for a walk and were staring toward the power plant, arms outstretched and the obvious fear in their voices showing itself. He then looked out towards the power plant and looming in the distance... He thought he could make out a large, shadowy figure silhouetted by the plant's lights in the moonlight, Mm. which appeared to be sitting perched atop one of the buildings. Mm. As he stared at it, this is just so crazy, man. As he stared at it, 
trying to figure out what in the world it could be, all of a sudden, this figure unfurled what looked like a massive set of black wings and took to the sky, where it circled the planet several times. Mm. He says that the creature circled it at least four to five times, sometimes at a fast pace, sometimes at a slower pace. And it was kind of keeping its attention on a row of sort of square-shaped buildings that this witness later found out was where the reactors were housed. Wow. Then, now this is scary as heck, man. Then the creature came toward us, flying it at at least 25 to 30 feet off the ground. The younger couple who had noticed the creature first were now screaming and cowering, and the man shielding the the woman while shielding his head with a jacket. My friend and I looked in awe as this creature flew over us, and that's when I noticed the two large red eyes. They seemed to glow from within and with a blood-red hue. They were unblinking in the three to four seconds that we saw them, Mm. and it was looking straight at us. It made no attempt to disguise itself, and I was overcome with this sick, intense, overwhelming feeling of dread. Which that, I mean, and, and even just that, that's a little, that's a common sort of trope too. Mm. I mean, basically it kind of like flew off. He tried to, you know, get out his cell phone and take a picture of it, but it was already gone by the time um, he did. And so again, man, it comes back to this like, why, it, it, it's in all of these sort of themes, I guess, or these events. Mm-hmm. It's hard to kind of determine, is this something? Because here's the thing. It's like nobody's being attacked by this thing right. necessarily. I mean, there's reports of those people having like, you know, mental problems later on down the line. Can't say I blame them if I saw a giant, you know, mm-hmm. creature flying at me. But nobody, you know, the people in Chernobyl were affected by the radiation, not the Blackbird of Chernobyl. Right. The uh, Freiburg Shrieker almost seemed to like truly be guarding the entrance to keep those 36 miners from being injured Mm -hmm. or killed. Yeah. You know, now I know we kind of talked a little bit about the possibility of it being a giant bird Mm -hmm. and all this kind of stuff. And it got me thinking a little bit, if we're going to lean toward this isn't necessarily a harbinger of death and more towards like, I don't know, you you read in some places like maybe it's an angel Mm -hmm. that maybe it's an angel that is um, trying to, warn people well, of, of these things. Well, let, let me read this one thing. I, okay. I've sort of ran across another one, which this happened in 2007. Another sighting of Mothman was noted at the site of another bridge collapse. On October 1st, 2007, a bridge on Interstate 35 in Minneapolis, Minnesota gave way at its center. 13 people died and nearly 145 were injured in its fall. Reports trickled in that a Mothman-like figure started appearing near the bridge about a month prior to its collapse, even sitting on the bridge. Mm. Skeptics dismissed the creature as a large heron or crane. (laughs) Heron. But some Mothman believers began to theorize that Mothman could possibly be a paranormal entity rather than a cryptid. And I think this sort of sums up the whole thing. Mm. Could it have arrived to warn of the impending danger mm-hmm. or was he present to prepare for the bridge's collapse? Mm. I think that's like, that sums up all mm-hmm. of these because it's like, you can kind of look at it both ways of like, okay, well, is, is he there to basically see it? Is he there to cause it? Is he, because even with the point 
the uh, the Silver Bridge collapse in Point Pleasant, I think, you know, several days or the, maybe even the day of, people were saying that they would see it on the bridge. Mm. And so, I don't know, man. I One thing that I did not know about until today, just now actually, is that, do you know that five days before uh, 9-11? Shut up. Dude, there were two photos taken of what appeared to look kind of like a Mothman flying. It says it had been 31 years since any such sighting of Mothman in North America. On the day of the horrific attack, Mothman was reported to have appeared again, some claiming that, that some claiming they could see his face through clouds of smoke and debris. What? So like, you know, I, I don't know. I, maybe all these are fake. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, like, I was going to say, dude, I mean, like, one of the things about, especially like some of these, well, you know, this photo, I'm about to send it to you. This photo is, I mean, kind of ridiculous. Doesn't. No, it looks pretty legit, actually. Like, it could be either really brilliant sort of creepypasta writing mm-hmm. that that has turned into like a, you know. Um, like its own meme almost. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's, you know, in a way, pretty interesting. But, you know, like, here, here's the thing. You want to know where I'm leaning? Leaning? Toward like what what the deal is here? Give it to me, Jim. Okay, I like to think of this thing. You know, we briefly mentioned. I think you did at the at the top, like Thunderbirds. Did yep. we? Um, did, right? uh, no, Maybe but not. we will do it. We, we kind of talked about it, I guess. I, I don't know, but like a lot of the, the the things that people said. Hey. Maybe it was a giant bird. Well, it's interesting because even in our own mythology here in North America, Native Americans had giant birds in their uh, mythos. Mm-hmm. And all around the world, it got me thinking, okay, the, in Indonesia, mm-hmm. I mean, gosh, their official coat of arms, man, is from this uh, this creature called a Garuda. Mm-hmm. And it is this ancient mythical bird from these historical epics. It's also in a lot of like Hindu traditions. Specific to Indonesia, though, I mean, gosh, their airline is called Garuda Airlines. Now, that's amazing. the last time that I flew on it, I would have thought maybe it should have been Gremlin Airlines because it just wasn't. Um, <laughs> didn't, I'm not sure. Who didn't roll pilot. off the tongue as well. Yeah, I don't know that you have to actually have a pilot's license. Mm. You just got to be able to get it off the ground. We'll worry about the rest later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like an Indiana Jones where he's like... So Garuda was born. The, here's what's cool about the Garuda sort of legend in, in Indonesia. This I thought is, Garuda was a cheese. <laughs> God, worst dad joke ever. Okay, mm-hmm. although I guess we're even. I think in the Yellowstone episode, I was like, and that's why it's a real. I don't even know. Mm-hmm. What Just terrible. So the Garuda is basically like this, in like a fighter against hatred. I mean, I'm sorry, against evil. Hmm. And he literally just roams about the universe devouring the bad. Mm. Almost like the like fear eater sort of trope, I guess, kind of thing. He's almost like a superhero, basically. I mean, kind of. It's just like, you know, it's like a giant sort of like almost eagle type creature. Let me take a look at these 9-11 photos that you're... Well, the the one, I mean, does kind of look... Looks like a from the Hawkman trailer or something. Legit. It says 2001, Stephen Moron. Yeah, no, the Mor- first... Wait fir- a minute. What? The guy's name is Stephen Moron? No, Moran. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, you almost had me there, Steve. Anyway, I have never heard of that. Yeah, I, just, I real quick. Either. Let me just say that, like, it's interesting to me that people kind of liken it to. There's this long history of mythology mm-hmm. in 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 human history. Everybody has a sort of large bird slash man type character in their mythos, man. The Scottish and Irish Celtic traditions, the dang... Uh, I was hoping you were going to go here. The 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 uh, Vikings out in Asia, man, in Indonesia, they did. The Hindu tradition, which can, you know, goes all the way up into the like, mainland Asia. Mm-hmm. You know, like, they all have that thing. Their description of it is a little different here and there, sure. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I don't know, man. It's just, it's super interesting to me and to me i like to think of mothman selfishly not as something scary although i would be completely freaked out if i looked out the window and there's these giant red eyes mm-hmm. and of course i'd be like okay when's the disaster happening <laughs> right yeah you know I, I i prefer to think of it i guess as somebody sent to warn i guess what i'm trying to say is it always comes back to either a time traveler or a multi-dimensional traveler sent to do something because whenever i think about either of those possibilities traveling Mm -hmm. into different dimensions or traveling through time if that capability was available i would think that in large part people would try to at different points in history kind of come in try to prevent this huge calamity from happening and maybe like in some people might say well like why would they pick point pleasant west virginia Mm -hmm. well fast forward 200 years from now what if there's somebody that is from Point Pleasant. It's like, dude, I kind of want to save my great-great-grandma, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I guess it would mm-hmm. be more than just great-great, but... Yeah. I tend to... I, I don't know. I, I Again, I, I feel like the older we get sort of the, you know, and I know this is a common cliche, but it's like I feel like the older you get, the less you realize that you know. Mm. But to me... And if if you're taking this with a grain of salt and you're looking at these as as all legitimate, you know, accounts, you know, people are seeing these things all over all over the world, all different times, you know, up into the modern age. And I'm I'm kind of discounting the Chicago Mothman sightings, which have been pretty popular in these last few years. I well, we'll get into that later on the Mothman episode, but. I don't know. There's something about this that just sort of feels like it's that kind of, I don't know, maybe maybe call it sort of like angelic, which, you know, the idea of, you know, these these angels wearing like, you know, robes and wings, it, it never says that in the Bible. You know, yeah. what we do know about angels is, and I'm discounting like, or I'm taking away like the Ophanum and and like mm-hmm. the weirder ones, but like w- the the one thing that we do know is that every single time an angel appears, he says, "Fear not," which means you're going to be scared. These things are are, are going to scare us as humans. So I feel like, and and just the term angel itself just means messenger. So I f- I do feel like there's something hmm. that could possibly be tied into that. You know, they're just sort of witnessing their view they're they're caught in the act you know if 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 you believe like the photos that were snapped or like the the accounts of people seeing them you know somebody standing on the bridge or flying around you know the 
reactors before the explosions. I, I feel like there's there's just this weird sort of ambivalent, mm. like, viewing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, that's so freaking awesome that you just said that, man. I know. Because I know. basically it, it, it does kind of go back to forget about it if it's a different time or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, man, being able to, like, if you had the capability to, like, if someone said, hey, man, you can go back any point in time. Mm-hmm. And watch it. In fact, dude, that's so funny. I, there's a episode that I want to do that I haven't told you about yet about this like mm-hmm. machine, essentially, um, that the Catholic Church reportedly has that allows just that. Oh, you're talking about like the? Um, it's like the uh, I know about Chrono it. Chrono View or, or Chrono Visor. Yeah, that's yeah. It. yeah. So like, if someone said, "Hey, man, you can go back. You can actually watch." Mm-hmm. When they talk about they go back to see Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that stuff's fascinating. Yeah. But, I mean, like, imagine someone said that to you. Mm -hmm. Fourth time I said it. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, you know, forget about, like, just watching is one thing. That seems like kind of old technology Mm -hmm. that's probably buried in the, you know, underneath the Vatican. Got it. But what if, like, how do you better that now? Elon Musk is here. You know, like, oh, well. It's going to be like more like VR. Well, no, no, no. Like look an avatar that's flying around. Okay, what does that look like? Don't worry about it. And then it's like a freaking, you know, it looks like Mothman. Yeah, right. So I, what if I, all of these things that people are witnessing are just like people from another time, place, space, whatever. Mm-hmm. All they're doing, they're not trying to hurt anybody. They just happen to be there witnessing this event mm-hmm. because it's interesting. It's an interesting point in history. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, aside from... from my sort of uh, explanation or well or lack of explanation and this being this sort of like you know ephemeral kind of like maybe it's this sort of like archetype maybe it's this sort of angelic messenger thing like there's also we will return after these messages america's future can be determined by our dreams and our visions it was very For over 200 years, there have been reports of giant man-like creatures from another dimension, another world, I don't know. The most intriguing mystery on the North American continent. Hey, this is Bryce Johnson from the Bigfoot Collectors Club, and you're listening to Tyler and Woody on That Would Be Rad, because that is rad. And again, this isn't a Mothman episode, but mm-hmm. there is like the whole John Keel aspect, which gets really bizarre, which gets into that. It gets into like the the real sort of paranormal aspect. And then you get into like injured cold and, and all this stuff. My thing is maybe this this was, well, I don't know. I, Come on, man. Just say it. Nobody's judging. <laughs> well, no, I, I'm t- I really am torn. Like, it's funny. You're, you're hearing in real time me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, me too. Me, me too. go back and forth. I, I think the, the idea of this, there, there's something too about like the red glowing eyes that has always turned me off. And it always feels, especially like in the modern age, maybe not in 66 with the, with like the Mothman and, or even earlier, I think like the Van Meter visitor had a glowing horn that it would shoot light beams out of. But like, you know, th- these other ones, 
uh, like especially the newer ones, it's like there's something about like the red eyes when people say, oh, yeah, and then it had like these glowing red eyes that feels a little like sci-fi horror movie. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It It is weird, like the the idea that I do like the one. Was it the Shrieker or was it the the Chernobyl one that, that they also said that it was sort of like head, it looked kind of headless. Yeah, Chernobyl. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty cool. And to me, that feels like, okay, if if Mothman is a uh, living flesh and blood thing, then like, I mean, that feels pretty, you know, that's like, that's just, to me, that's like a detail that that is just weird enough to like mm. feel believable yeah. As weird as that sounds, you know? Well, I mean, what's interesting to me, it happens with like when we talk about UFOs and stuff, well, like we did last week. The point that it becomes like, because I know that like in the back of people's heads, including mine, mm-hmm. I'm always thinking like, well, are these people just like making it up? You know, does someone take like a big disaster like September 11th or mm-hmm. the 2011 uh, Japanese nuclear power plant and stuff, mm-hmm. and even Chernobyl and just kind of like, insert this into that right right sure that's a possibility yeah is it possible that people in in point pleasant just made it up sure okay but like whenever i see things like in this book where it says like from 1854 to 1856 during the crimean war dude yes the soldiers reported seeing this gigantic headless crow-like animal soaring in tight circles above them yeah yeah and there and there's and we've said this a million times but like there is something, of, and it's very unfortunate, and I, I hate to, like, even admit this, but it's, like, to me, there's so much more validity in these older cases where where they don't really, they're not, like, propping up this narrative or, the, or this mm-hmm. story on, like, something that you, we've seen in, like, pop culture and sci-fi. Right. And right. It's, like, this is stuff that, like, I mean, like you just said, like, this sort of, like, headless Mm-hmm. you know thing it's like like where the hell does that come from like yeah dude where are they where are they coming up with that and then like you know oftentimes too nowadays and throughout all of this stuff you know a, an easy kind of debunking explanation about again ufos or mm-hmm. even things like this is like oh well and i'm thinking specifically more on like the skinwalker ranch stuff that of course we're going to get into God, I'm glad I'm not done with the finally... book yet i'm not done with the book yet it's crazy isn't it Oh, dude, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. If you if if anybody listening right now, this is gonna be a quick plug for the book. Mm-hmm. If anyone listening has not read this book about Skinwalker Ranch, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, you have to. It's fascinating. Yeah, it is just just incredible. And like we kind of talked about last week, you just trust me. And I'm gonna keep on talking about it mm-hmm. until you guys message us on Instagram or send us a comment and say, "Oh man, I just got that." Or Man, I just read it. You were right. Okay. Well, and also not to like keep harping on that, but like the the thing that is so amazing about this is like imagine uh, like 50 different sort of phenomenon of like the paranormal, like mm-hmm. UFOs, uh, the Glimmer Man, Predator type thing. Shadow uh, people. Haunted, uh, shadow people. Orbs. Aliens, Bigfoot. Like portals. Yeah. Imagine a place that has all these things. Giant wolves. Crazy animals. Yeah. I mean, just don't even get me to cattle it's mutilations. Awesome. But a lot of the explanations tend to be, especially since some of these places, because, you know, Skinwalker Ranch is somewhere in Utah. And well, John Keel created the term like window area. So mm. 
So, I mean, literally, and and when when he came up with this, he was literally talking about this area in West Virginia uh, that Man. was sort of surrounded this flap of all these different people seeing the Mothman. So what I was going to say is like, um, oh, God. Did I steal it? Since you derailed it. No, I can't remember. Successful derail. Oh, man. What were we talking about, dude? Oh, oh, oh. Uh, A common explanation is, well, it's military or government trying to either experiment with, you know, new technology. Mm -hmm. And by the way, all of this, very plausible. Except that when you go back and you read stuff that has almost the exact same detail. Right. From the 1700s. Oops, the daisies. The government's not trying <laughs> to test their technology because they're still riding on horses. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so to your point, when I read, you know, because like even with Skinwalker Ranch, for example, or any of these accounts, I I know it's probably hard for the listener to believe, but I do approach it in a very, um, not skeptical way, but like, you know, a little bit sort of like there's always that possibility that it's all complete bull crap. You know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. That doesn't change how interesting it is to me and the oh, story yeah. behind it and all that and the lore. But it, there it, is that possibility and I approach it in a way that's not like I'm not going to automatically believe that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And I think part of the reason for that is the people that write the books approach it in the same way. You know, yeah. the people that wrote the Skinwalker Ranch stuff, they did this in a very scientific way. The people like uh, Jacques Vallée's books, he's approaching it in a way that's like, it's not meant to prove anything. It's merely like, hey, here is what we've found. It's pretty unbiased. Yeah. Isn't it interesting? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so when I read about, again, like I, you know, the the hypothesis that maybe it was just a gigantic bird, literally, Mm -hmm. that just happened to be in the area. Sure. Right. That, you know. That could have happened in 1850s or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's possible. It's just the weird, like, the coincidence of it all. And the fact that, like, it's seen before these natural disasters. And is it part of human nature to kind of, like, want to connect this these horrible tragedies with something like that? I, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, to me, that's, that's a, like, I kind of get that idea if, like, for... For things like post-Mothman, like maybe they're sort of trying to like tie in that trope to, you know, like like you said before, like 9-11 or, or mm-hmm. whatever. But it's like I, I don't necessarily feel like that was a something that – how am I, like what's a better way to say this? Like I feel like – I feel like, okay, maybe somebody was just trying to to tie the Mothman thing with these other disasters. But like pre-Mothman – it just feels so much more of an abstract idea, you know, mm-hmm. to, to like, oh, here's like a big, here's a big disaster. Let's like, let's, let's make up a story about, you know, some, some creature flying around it. Like mm-hmm. that just mm-hmm. doesn't really make sense to me. Especially kinda. in a place that's already like reeling with um, devastation. Right. right. It doesn't make it better. Yeah. Yeah, you know? exactly. And yeah. also the fact that a lot of times those reports came before the disaster. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's why, like, the September 11th one, like, uh, is I'm a little more skeptical of because, like, at this point, you know, it's been 20-plus years. It'd be very easy to sort of just, like, 
plant that info on the internet and mm-hmm. make it look real Photoshop wise. Mm-hmm. But these original sort of accounts, man, it's just, I don't know. This is the answer that I always come upon. I don't know. Hey man, that's what the whole podcast is about. Mm-hmm. It is interesting to me too, man. You mentioned the, um, what did John Kill say? The um, window areas? Yeah, window areas. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something that I've been thinking a lot about lately. Again, not to keep on going back to Skinwalker Ranch, but, you know, I do feel like there are these areas of the world. I mean, like, what's the what's the one? Van Meter Visitor, right? Mm-hmm. Can't wait to dig deeper into that one. Yeah, it's awesome. But if you notice too, man, it's like mines. Yeah. You know, uh, Tommy Knockers. I don't know enough about the... And we will by the time we do the episode, but I don't know enough about the sort of the the geography. I'm sure there's plenty of caves and stuff like that in Point Pleasant. In well, what's it, what's, am, what's amazing is like in the like the Appalachian Mountains. Tommy knockers, Jesus! I just realized you said that. Go ahead. No, 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 Tommy. No, well, that was a thing before Stephen King even wrote about it. There were these little little impish like dwarves that would live in the mines, but but the Gandalf. <laughs> but once you get into you know, if you get into like Hellier or another great podcast called The Penny Royal, they talk a lot about the mammoth cave system, which is the biggest cave systems in the U.S. And it's all like along the Appalachian Mountains. Hmm. So it's like, you know, if you believe in like the hollow earth or like the inner earth idea that, that mm-hmm. these things are coming out, I mean, it'd be a pretty good place to 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 live, you know. Yeah. And I got to, you know, it's funny, man, like, I don't know, man, five years ago, if you would have said, like, yeah, you know, like there's this, there's this theory about like hollow earth and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I'd have been like, dude, just shut up, man. That's the word. But like, I'll tell you a movie that, that made it like super sort of more like mainstream and, um, Here we go. Uh, not, not accessible, but like, uh, Kong. Di- kind of like digestible. Yes, man. Kong versus yeah. Godzilla. Yep. They did. I thought they it was so it. cool, man. And yeah. uh, Anne has, for years, always kind of joked like, well, I mean, when we had Woodrow, our oldest, mm-hmm. when he was like teeny, you know, we I had these like dorky sort of science books or whatever, and it would show like a picture of the earth. The, the diagram would be like, you know, the earth's kind of either cut in half or there's like a, a quarter kind of cut out of it. And you can kind of see the inside where you see like the Magma. core and all this kind of stuff. And yeah. she's like, yeah, but how do we really know? That's what I say. Right. And, and so, and I was being like, well, I mean, because like they drill down deep enough and certain things happen and they just kind of mm-hmm. hypothesize that that's the way it just keeps on going. And that's kind of like, and then you start to yep. kind of like unravel that and stuff. And then you start like, I promise you, if you're listening and you're like, okay, guys, come on, you know, you're, you guys are funny. I mm-hmm. like you, but the earth being hollow isn't even like, and I'm not saying it's a possibility. I'm just saying it's so when you if you read or watch something that's like not just over the top mm-hmm. and you start like really kind of like thinking about it, it's super interesting, man. And it's so, so cool. Yeah. yeah. I, I did not know we were <laughs> well, we gonna be going here. Well, yeah. no, but there is this this book that I remember I didn't read the whole book, but there's there's like some some, I read in the front, like the back cover. <laughs> well, no, the, there's there's a book basically talking about this guy, and I think it was written maybe in like the 40s or 50s, where he, I don't know if he, it was like a true account or he, he just sort of 
you know, was like secondhand telling the story. But something about like there was a built a, a particular building in New York, and it's such a cool concept. That's the only reason I remembered it. But there's some building in New York that you were able to get in, and you would take this like freight elevator way down, and it would go into the inner earth. And there were like these like good beings and bad beings called like the like the Taros and the Daros. I'm hoping Clay can correct me on this because yeah. it's very murky, but I feel like there's like maybe the book's called like the smoking God or now this is just like a sci-fi like, yeah, novel I, or I, are you talking about there's like a guy that I don't, I know there's, I know as I kind of like scratched the surface to this stuff. Cause again, guys, I was very like, this is really like, I thought it was dumb, mm-hmm. but I started to scratch the surface a little bit. And it's like when you learn stuff about Antarctica, oh, and dude. Then you start learning yeah. about like other stuff, dude. It's very weird, and it's at least worth talking about and thinking about altogether. But yeah, I guess hold on. I want to kind of like bring us back onto the rails here, okay, sir? Because I think we talked about all of that, and the reason why I was kind of talking about um, the window areas and stuff is it is fascinating to me, man, that like an area such as. You know, if you if you go online and you look up, there's actually some artists and stuff on Etsy and stuff that have really cool sort of maps, hand-drawn maps that they have of, like, cryptid creatures throughout mm-hmm. North America. And they're, they, you know, globally as well. But there is an interesting concentration of, like, these crazy things up in, like, West Virginia. If you follow that line, like, West Virginia, uh, yeah. Pennsylvania, you know, that Appalachian Trail, basically, mm-hmm. there's this, like, interesting variety of these sightings and creatures and activity, yeah. even UFO based and Bigfoot, that is just like fascinating to me, dude. Yeah. I, I'm so glad you said that because there is like, you know, every and I don't I'm not gonna say everywhere else because I don't want to like I mean kind of generalize, but like, you know, if these all these other states are like known for I mean, I would say like your your Bigfoot archetype is like maybe 50% of them, and then your Nessie, Sea Monster, you know, Pressy, Champy, uh, Altamaha Monster, like, that's, like, another 30%. But then, like you're saying, like, right along that, that you know, it's like the, your Kelly Hopkinsville Goblins. You have your, your you know, your Van Meter vi- Visitor. You have, they're all these, like, they're very, like, bizarre and, like, the best of what you would think of like 50s sci-fi uh just weird like weird mm. you know vegetable man of somewhere it, it's mm-hmm. just it's such an odd like little concentration of of uh, i mean even mothman really mm-hmm. you know and i think we talked about when we did the flatwoods monster you know there are some ish kind of similarities between the two but mm-hmm. the fact that those two things can relatively speaking be so close together yeah it's fascinating, dude. Yeah, for sure. Well, dude, I think we did a great job and we rambled a plenty. Mm-hmm. We did a great job at not answering <laughs> what this stuff is, which is pretty typical for us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just fascinating stuff, though. Yeah, yeah, really cool. Well, anything else? I was just going to say, listeners, if you have theories about what the heck these people are seeing, if you mm-hmm. think it's total BS, if you have an account of your own, and I'm jumping the gun there for you, but... 
just this is the kind of stuff that we want to hear about. You know, it's interesting to me that you don't really hear a lot of Mothman sightings nowadays necessarily, uh, which I guess that's not true. a good thing, right? Not no, true. I mean, it's not true. But I mean, surrounding disasters. Oh, uh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like you're, you mean like your sort of harbinger of doom yeah. character. And then later today, I see it outside the window. I'm like, okay, here we go. <laughs> good Lord. I mean, 2007... The Minnesota one, I, I, I'd never heard of that one. That's so. Mm-hmm. I guess, yeah. But I'm saying like 2007, 2000, uh, 2011 in Japan. Oh, that's yeah, 2011. You that's... know, you kind of talked about some in Chicago. I guess that's slightly more recent. But yeah. I'm just saying, there's no real like disaster surrounding those. 2011 maybe being sort of like the most ish recent. I mm-hmm. don't know. I, it's just interesting to me. So if you, and again, we talk about this when we kind of explain. Like, if you want to share your story with us. And want us to share it with our listeners. The world. Yeah, we're happy to do that in any way that you will allow it. In other words, if you want to record your own voice, you can do it that way. If you want to write it and have us not use your name, we're totally cool with doing that too. Mm -hmm. We understand sometimes it's hard to, um, I guess, kind of, you know, um, come forward with a story like that. Because people might think, you know, I don't know, they might judge you. And boy, something. you're going to hate the sound of your own voice, but just power through. Power through it, man. Yeah. We're kind of used to our voices now, right? I mean, yeah. I know I am. I'm used to your voice. Yeah. Anyway, so that's it, man. I was just going to say, I'm really interested to hear what you guys, um, you know, think about it all. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Take it away. <laughs> if you want to communicate with us, uh, we're over on Instagram. We have a lot of cool stuff in our link tree. You can sign up for our mailing list, uh, which. There's a lot of big things coming up, so you definitely want to do that if you haven't already. Definitely please get out there and just tell a single friend about the show. Mm-hmm. Just at the, in the snap of a finger, our listeners double, and that's more rad strangeness for double the amount of people, and that's mm-hmm. awesome. Like Woody was saying, please send us your accounts, uh, especially these sort of you know, local based uh cryptids or urban legends or whatever like that's the stuff that we really dig i mean mothman is amazing this is not a mothman episode bigfoot is amazing but like these weird one-off little you know like your your hugging mollies or your your you know whatever like your shriekers like that's the stuff that like we absolutely love mm-hmm. Sam the Sandown Clown. That's a perfect example. Yeah. Feel free to shoot it to that would be radpod at gmail.com. Charanga. <laughs> Charanga. Feel free to write it out in an essay or, like what he said, send us a voice memo and we'll give it cool treatment. Hey, man, or, it doesn't have to be an essay. It could just be a paragraph. Or a paragraph. Yeah, yeah, exactly. My, hey, I'm, I, my apologies. But I guess that's about it. Yeah, we want to hear. Uh, oh, Go to Spotify or Apple Podcast or Stitcher. Leave us a five-star review. We greatly appreciate it, and it gets us out in front of everybody even more. And uh, I guess that's about it. Anything else, Woody? Not that I can think of. But... All right. We love you. We appreciate you. And as always, be rad. That's the way it
time where I just needed some sunshine You were already dead before you became a ghost You always said our future would be a parade of flowers But now all that's left is a single rose That's the way Yeah, I, I almost said it there, but then I was like, cool, dude. We should probably do like a bigger announcement. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, do you want to do... I don't know what to title it, though, because it's like the Blackbird of Chernobyl is already long. I was thinking while we were doing it, like... I Maybe kinda, Blackbird of Chernobyl and the Freeberg Shrieker? I mean, I was going to even go into this is not a Mothman episode, colon. <laughs> Actually, that's pretty cool, dude. And then colon... That, the the you know Chernobyl Blackbird and no nah, dude leave that out and then all those terms will be in the notes oh, okay good and then like I think it would be hilarious if it was like this is not a Mothman episode yeah That's okay it. um I do think we should do a th- <laughs> episode pretty soon yeah God, I really want to dude I also have man I dude we have to do this <laughs> do you know this no what is this? oh my God, oh no 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 dude. yeah yeah you told me this. I did? No, uh, I don't think so, man. I know what you're talking about. Where like they were, it's kind of like The Watcher, but kind of, but kind of yeah, even worse, dude. And cattier and true crime <laughs> and crazy, dude. And nobody yeah. still to this day knows who exactly it was, even though one dude was arrested. Yeah. Dude, oh, I mean, really? Just, they caught. Somebody? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't. And then know that. there's this other one that I found that is, um, it's like, oh god, hold on. Oh, it's called the the mystery of the. Dude, I have no idea what yeah, dude, about that. I know. I've got a couple of these that I just want to like pop on you. Man, that's awesome. Yep. 